Welcome to PBC Talks. If you would like to find out more information, please visit pbc.org.uk. Wasn't uh, worship beautiful this morning? There was a violin and a viola. Who knows which one was which? But um, I knew that. I was just testing them. Two violas, yes. I thought you were my friends. <laughs> Tricky me. Let's pray, Father. Father, you are awesome. I don't know about the rest of these guys here, but I've just had an awesome time this morning in your presence. I felt brought into the presence of a holy, beautiful, wonderful God. A God of fire and might, but a God who has said, come on, Reuben, come and and chat with me. Come and hang with me. Um, You've got a horrible voice, but I'll let you sing to me. I love you, Father. I just want this community here to love you and know you and follow you and serve you and then go make you famous. You're such a beautiful God. I'm going to pray daring prayer this morning that you would be a destiny revealer. We want to know what we're here on earth for, what you've put into our hands. What's the stuff that you want us to do? What's our call and what's our purpose? Would you be a destiny revealer in Jesus' mighty name we pray? Amen. Amen. All right, destiny kind of um, weird that we've got a board across there. We've got a screen saying destiny. We've got a board across here saying destiny. And on the front row, we've got (laughs) Paul. (laughs) And destiny. (laughs) Destiny. Over the past few weeks, we've been banging on a whole bunch about destiny, haven't we? Are you bored by it yet? A couple of hands. (laughs) About your destiny, about my destiny, about the call that God has put into our hands and placed on our life, about the purpose that he's placed on your life and my life, destiny. Over the past few weeks, it's all been about destiny, hasn't it? Your destiny, my destiny. The thing that God wants you to achieve, to accomplish, to get on and do before he zaps you off to heaven to spend forever after with his posse of angels and his troop of archangels, destiny. It's all been about destiny. Over the past few weeks, it's all been about that, all about trying to work out what it is that God has put into my life, what it is that God has put into your life, your destiny, my destiny, which really is kind of bang on topic for a whole bunch of us right now. Because you're leaving school or you're leaving uni and you're trying to work out what is your next step in life or your career has kind of stalled and you've been offered redundancy, and you're trying to work out what you're meant to go do with your life, or your kids no longer need you, and middle age has gone and slapped you in the face. I don't know about that, but... And you're trying to work out where you're going on from here, or retirement has kicked in, and older age has arrived, and you're trying to work out how you can still live a life of destiny, and a life of call. Over the past few weeks, it's all been about this word, destiny. And we've been checking out the destiny of a fellow in the Bible called Nehemiah. 
And we've been checking out the destiny of a lady in the Bible by the name of Esther. And today, the destiny story continues. Over the next three weeks, we're going to be checking out the destiny story of a fella, a geezer, in the Bible by the name of Gideon. A story that we find in the book of Judges. Anyone been there recently? I thought not. Um, the Old Testament is the first part of the Bible. That's where we find the book of Judges. Uh, we're going to see what Gideon's story has to say to us, what Gideon's destiny has to say to us about living out our destiny today. So, what have we got? 39 books in the Old Testament, which is the first part of the Bible. And the book of Judges comes in at number seven on the hit parade, okay? Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy and Joshua and hey-ho, we've got Judges, okay? And the basic gist of the book is this. God's gone and given his people, the Israelites, an amazing country to live in. It's the promised land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey or if you prefer Diet Cokes and Big Macs. And in return for God's generosity... In return for God's love, in return for God's goodness, his people, the Israelites, in return for all of that, well, they chose to forget about their God, and they chose to reject their God, and they chose to chuck all of God's good stuff back in his face. Kind of charming, hey? But God, out of his sheer generosity, out of his sheer goodness, out of his sheer love, goes and does something absolutely amazing. God chooses to appoint a bunch of judges to lead his people. A bunch of judges to lead his people to come back to him. A bunch of judges to bring people back to his, their senses. And so, today, this is the story of Gideon, the judge. So if your Bible's electronic, can you switch it on? If your Bible is made of paper, can you open it up and turn with me to the book of Judges and chapter 6? Or if you prefer, words will be on the screen. Judges and chapter 6. Should we speed read? Are you ready? Here we go. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hand of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep, nor cattle, nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock in their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them. Or their camels, they invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, This is what the God of Israel says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of a land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians, and I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land, I said to you. I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the God of the Amorites in whose land you live. And you, you ain't listened to me. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abizarite, where his son Gideon 
was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I'll be with you. And you, by the way, will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Exciting stuff, eh? So, today's story kind of all kicks off with that horrible three-letter word called sin. Check out verse 1 on the screen. The Israelites did evil. Actually, read it with me. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hand of the Midianites. Now, get this. The people of Midian had been brawling with the people of Israel for years and years and years, despite the fact that they actually owned and shared the same heritage as the people of Israel. So Israel was born out of a marriage between a dude called Abraham and his wife Sarah. And Midian was born out of a marriage of Abraham and his then wife, his second wife, Keturah. Check out um, the book of Genesis chapter 25 if you want to know the details. Midian then went brawling with the Israeli hero Moses a few years later. But Moses and his crack troops defeated both Midian and her allies. Check out the uh, book of Numbers, chapters 22, 25, and 31, if you want those details. And now Midian's gone brawling again, attacking Israel, this time with a whole bunch of people called the Amalekites, and a whole bunch of people simply called other eastern peoples. The Midianites, the Amalekites, and other eastern peoples attacked Israel, and they attacked the Israeli crops, and they attacked the Israeli sheep, and they attacked the Israeli cows, and they even attacked the Israeli donkeys, which is about a bit like attacking Arsenal at football. <laughs> Forcing the Israeli men and the Israeli women and the Israeli children to leg it up for the hills. And up in the hills, the Israeli men and the Israeli women and the Israeli children, they started to whinge. Why, God, are you allowing this to happen to us? So God, well, he goes and tells them. Check out verses 8 to 10. Let's read these together. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians, and I delivered you from the hand of your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the God of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. So God's pretty naffed off, eh? He's pretty naffed off with his people once again. But instead of, um, of a burning anger, instead of choosing anger, instead of choosing retribution, instead of choosing revenge, God 
goes and chooses love. God goes and chooses grace. God goes and chooses forgiveness. And he gives his people yet again a second chance. And the second chance he gives is through a fellow by the name of Gideon. Check out verses 11 to 12. says this, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in that place that belonged to Joash, who came from that place where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, this is all actually a bit weird. Clearly, uh, Gideon is a bit of a scaredy cat. Uh, clearly Gideon's a bit of a wuss. And clearly Gideon's a bit afraid of his own shadow. Why? Because he's threshing wheat in a wine press. What he's doing is he's threshing wheat in a hole in the ground. Um, he's, wet, he's threshing wheat in the worst place in the whole wide world to go, thresh wheat. The, um, the Midianites and the Amalekites are kind of all chasing him, and he's, he's, he's kind of getting a bit scared. And so he knows that wheat should be, um, should be threshed in the open air so that all the chaff and all the rubbish can be blown away in the winds. But Gideon's threshing wheat in a wine press because he's scared of those Midianites, because he's scared of those Amalekites, because he's scared of those other eastern peoples. He's scared they're going to go come and nick his wheat. They're scared that he's, they're going to go come and nick him. And so Gideon gets spoken to by God. God speaks to that wuss in that wine press, and he says these improbable words, the Lord is with you, wuss in the wine press. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. The wuss in the wine press is wanted by God to be his mighty warrior. Check it out, verse 14. The Lord turned to him and said, go, in the strength you have, and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? But then that wuss in that wine press, he starts to wind. Check out verse 15. Read it with me. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. But God hammers home what he wants Gideon to go do. Check out verse 16. God hammers out Gideon's destiny. The Lord answered, I will be with you, Muppet, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. You see, guys, this was Gideon's destiny. And this was Gideon's call. And this was Gideon's purpose. This was the thing that God wanted him to go do before God zapped him up to heaven to go spend eternity with his troop of angels and his posse of archangels. The Midianites and the Amalekites and those other eastern people were battering God's people. So God was calling Gideon to go batter them back, to go lead his people into battle, to go gain an amazing victory for the Lord God Almighty, the heaven, the Lord of heaven and earth. This was Gideon's destiny. This was Gideon's call. This was Gideon's purpose. This was what he had been created for. The wuss in the wine press was to become the mighty warrior and savior of his people, Israel. And now, here's the cliffhanger. If you come back next week, 
you can find out the rest of the story. Yeah, okay. A few weeks ago, I introduced you to this. Um, this is the Destiny Square. Um, has anyone completed their Destiny Square yet? Put your hand up, Robin. Come put it up. Hold it up proud, okay? Okay. Anyone bored of the Destiny Square yet? Yeah. <laughs> Almost always the right answer, but beautiful. Okay. So this is the Destiny Square. What we got up in the top corner? What's your biggest complaint? What keeps you up at night? Let's go to the other corner. What's your wildest dream? What gets you up in the morning? Let's go down to the bottom corner. What is your deepest joy? Across here to what is your greatest gift? Let me give you mine again. You've heard it. What's my biggest complaint? That there aren't father-loving, Jesus-centered, spirit-filled communities of love, grace, and truth in every community in this world. So what's my wildest dream? That there would be father-loving, Jesus-centered, spirit-filled communities of love, grace, and truth in every community in this world. What would be my deepest joy? That those places in Manchester in 2020, every single community in Manchester would have at least one community Father-loving, Jesus-centered, spirit-filled community of love, grace, and truth. What's my greatest gift to try and help that come about? Let's try and do this for Gideon, shall we? Um, slightly difficult for Gideon, but what was his greatest complaint? Well, he was getting battered by the, uh, by the Midianites and the Amalekites and the other Eastern people, and he was fed up with it, okay? So that was his biggest complaint. That's why he was hiding in that wine press. Uh, what was Gideon's wildest dream that the... Amalekites and the Midianites and the other Eastern people would just disappear. What would be his deepest joy? That he would wake up one morning and it would all be gone. And his donkeys would still be there. And his cattle would still be there. And he wouldn't have to go to his wine press to go and smash about that wheat. What is his greatest gift? Well, what has God just gone and called him? Mighty warrior. He might not have believed it, but God was speaking that word over and over and over his life. Mighty warrior warrior. What's your destiny? How does your destiny square get filled out? We're not just banging on about this for months and months and months. How are you going to fill out your destiny square today? What's your call? What's your purpose? What's your destiny? Well, let's try and look at Gideon's story to try and work out if there is anything from the story that can go help us as we search for our destiny, as we search for our purpose, and as we search for our call. Two words. Here's the word number one. Encounter. I love this word, encounter. Guys, it always, always, always kicks off with encounter. Guys, you're searching for a destiny and a purpose and a call that always comes from God. You're searching for meaning in your life that always comes from God. So check this out. It's banging obvious, ain't it? Start that search with God. Yeah? Start that search by hanging out with God. Start that search with that word by encountering God. You see, it was an encounter with God that went and transformed Gideon's life. It was an encounter with God in that encounter that he discovered his destiny and he discovered his call and he discovered his purpose. It was Gideon's encounter with God that actually went and transformed the lives of the whole of the people of Israel. So guys, go after encounter. Go after encounter. So how do we do that? Guess what? Guess what? Good. 
Um, I'm going after thin spaces once again. You've been hearing me banging on about thin spaces quite a lot. Um, I'm going to bang on about the place in your life, whether it's a chair or whether it's a garden, or let's be really base about it, whether it's your toilet or your shower cubicle, or whether it's your walk or your cycle or your run to work, or whether it's your football pitch or whether it's your art studio, the place where heaven and earth intersect for you, where you go and get up close and personal with a holy, mighty, and loving God. That's thin space where God's heaven truly kisses your earth. That place where you can pray, that place where you can read your Bible or listen to your Bible, that place where you can read, that place where you can meditate, that place where you can fast, that place where you can simply chill with El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty. Guys, go find that thin space. Guys, understanding what on earth you are here for, what God wants you to be, what God wants you to do, what God wants you to spend a whole bunch of your time focusing on, it's flipping well important, eh? It's one of the crucial questions that we're going to face in life. So, so the question is, why aren't you getting to it? Why aren't we getting to it? So what habits are you putting into your life today, right now, that will make your thin space part of your daily routine? Uh, and what habits are you putting into your life today to make encounter with a living, kicking, awesome, wonderful, loving, graceful gods part of your daily reality? So guys, when it comes to um, destiny, it's got to start with this word. Encounter. Are you there? Is encounter part of every day for you? It's got to start with this word. But it's also got to move on to this word. Word number two. Acceptance. Guys, everyone, everyone in this space today has a God-given destiny. Everyone in this place today has a God-given call, and everyone in this place today has a God-given purpose. A purpose that's unique to each one of us. A God-given destiny, God-given call, God-given purpose that God wants us to go fulfill. He doesn't just want us to fulfill it. He demands that we go fill it. Guys, I, I truly believe that there is a day coming when Jesus is actually going to be asking me and you about your destiny. Where Jesus is going to be asking me and you about our call. Where Jesus is going to be asking you and me about our purpose. And whether we went fulfilled it or not, whether we went and fulfilled the task or the tasks that he's given us to accomplish or not. Now, I don't know about you, but I ain't that keen on facing Jesus on that day as a destiny failure, are you? As soon as Gideon discovered his destiny, he not only had to accept it, but then he had to go and walk in it. He not only had to accept it, but he had to go walk in it. Guys, as soon as you discover yours, you've got to go do the same, but there's a problem. In fact, it's, it's a massive problem. It's a problem that goes like this. I don't like my destiny. I don't like the path that God has put me on in life. 
It's too scary, it's too big, it's too boring, and it doesn't earn me enough money. It will mean moving to the scary part of town. It will mean learning another skill, learning another culture, learning another language. I'd rather have his destiny. His is so much cooler than mine. His gives so much freedom, and he's clearly better paid. Hers is so much more high profile. She's in the limelight, and she gets to go on the big stage. I'm on the lower stage. I'd like to go up there on the big stage with Joel and the boys. I want their destiny. I want to be a guerrilla gardener, just like Becky Higginbottom. I do. I want to run a furniture bank, just like Abby Dobson. I want to, uh, I want to be COO of a massive care organization like Rebecca Cresswell. I don't like my destiny. I want theirs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah? Do you know what I mean? Guys, it ain't about that, is it? It's simply about using the stuff that God has put into our hands. It's actually about doing the thing that he has trusted you with in life. He doesn't want me to be Paul Sylvester and doesn't want Paul Sylvester to be me, thank the Lord. (laughs) It's all about using the stuff that God has put in our hands. It's about accepting our destiny and then going and walking in it. You see, Gideon, he had to climb out of his wine press to go and walk in his destiny. So my question to you, Pointon Baptist Church, today is, what do you have to climb out of today to go walk in yours? Gideon had to climb out of his wine press to go walk in his destiny. What do you have to climb out today to go walk in yours? When it comes to destiny, two words from the story of Gideon. Number one, encounter. Number two, acceptance. We have a board. And this board is going to remain here for three weeks and beyond. And we have some chalk paints. I think it would be great if over the next few weeks we stepped up and filled out that board. When God has spoken, when God has touched your life, when God has been a destiny revealer to you, when God has said, this is the stuff that I'm putting in your hand, this is your calling and this is your purpose, this is the thing that I want you to do, this is the thing I've created you to do. I I trust you with this. I don't trust other people with this. I trust you with this. If God is trusting you with this, then it's time to step into it. It's time to accept it. It's time to say, this is what my God wants me to do. It might be different from the destiny I had 20 years ago. It might be that I had 33 different destinies. But this is the thing right now that I sense, or one of the things right now that I sense he wants me to do. If that's you, I think it would be awesome if that board got filled up, don't you? I think this is one of the biggest questions in life. Biggest question in life is what you're going to do about Jesus Christ. And if you haven't yet done something about Jesus Christ, it's time today to make him Lord and Saviour of your life. Perhaps biggest question number two is to say yes to a man kneeling in front of you. But maybe question number three is this. What are you here for? Isn't it time that you step into this thing 
called destiny and calling and purpose. Then you want to make your life count. It starts with that thing called intimacy with God. Hanging out with God. Encounter. And it moves on when God has revealed it into acceptance to go and walking in the way he has suggested. We're going to stand if we're able. And we're going to sing some words over our life, about building our life. And if during this time you sense that God has already revealed that destiny to you, could you come and encourage us by writing it briefly because I hope there'll be 300 plus destinies by the end of March written on that board. If God has already revealed something to you, let's step into it. Let's be bold and courageous to cross over and seize that new land that God is calling us to. There are pens, there are chalk pens at the bottom. Just come and write it up so we can celebrate God's goodness to you. So we can hold you to account and say, how's it going? How are you stepping into the things that God has placed into your hands? I'm going to build my life on you. It's all about Jesus. Listening to this week's talk. Join us next week for another inspirational message.